Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I'm going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Welcome to another episode of the Coppreneur Path Podcast, brought to you by leo2ceo.com. I'm your host, Adam Wills, and I'm here to talk to you today in the solo episode here about the three necessary things for any successful business. So regardless of the type of business that you are starting, growing, or scaling for your post-law enforcement career, these three things are foundational and fundamental to your ability to scale that business, gain new customers and clients, and keep the bar moving forward. Now, before we get into that, though, I just want to real quick thank everybody that has left a review for the podcast. I really appreciate your reviews. Your reviews not only give me a sense of encouragement and purpose in continuing to do this show and also give me valuable feedback that I need in order to be able to make any adjustments, but your reviews also help other copreneurs find this show and be able to gain the same guidance and and ideas and help that they need in order to to have a successful post-law enforcement business as well. Whenever you leave a review on any of the podcast directories, their algorithms see that these positive reviews must mean it's a good podcast and therefore they're willing to show it to more people. So please, if you have not yet left a review for the podcast and you have found value in, in the show, regardless of whether it's just been one episode that you listen to, or maybe you're a regular listener of the show, or maybe today, this episode you're listening to right now is the first episode you're listening to, and you enjoy it. Come the end of this episode, I want you to go leave a review for the podcast, please. I know there's a bunch of you out there. I hear from you all the time. You guys reach out to me, text me and email me and whatnot, and tell me that you really enjoy the show and that is has been a tremendous help to you. But I know some of you, many of you have not yet left a review. So please go leave a review. I've made it really easy for you by making a very short URL that you can follow. So just go to CPP, that's CPP for Coppernewer Path Podcast, cpp.fm forward slash review, and you can leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast listening directory. All right, so let's dive back into the topic of our show today, the three necessary things for any successful business. Now, I could have gone anywhere with this, guys. There's lots of different things that are foundational to the success of your business, You guys know that I talk a lot about messaging being of of paramount importance. Well, I'm not exactly going to talk specifically about messaging today, but there's a connection. So here's really what it boils down to, guys. As business owners, don't we all kind of have this idea in our head of what it looks like to be an entrepreneur and to, to make it one day and have a successful business? And usually... Part of that vision in some way entails talking to nobody, 
So not not having to go out and make cold calls and, and emails and in reaching out to people to try and do business with. So talking to no one, they buy your stuff, whether it's a product or service, regardless of what type of business you have, and they stick around and come back for more. Okay. So talk to no one, they buy your stuff and they stick around or come back for more. I mean, isn't that what we all want, right? We want that kind of automated business where it doesn't require our input all the time in a direct manner. So I want to tell you guys that to some extent that that concept, that idea is a little bit unrealistic. Okay. I sure haven't achieved it yet. So I will tell you that much, but I do believe that there is a path that you can go down to get as close to that as humanly possible, right? You, you can never truly, I believe, be completely disconnected from your business unless you want your business to flop, right? I mean, of course you can grow to the point where you're hiring a CEO and, you know, uh, sitting on a beach drinking mojitos somewhere. But generally speaking, if you want your business to be successful, you're going to have to be involved in it in some way, shape or form for as long as you're part of the business. But let me tell you how I believe you can move forward and towards this idealistic idea of talking to no one, letting them buy your stuff, and then they stick around and come back for more. And that is what I've distilled down to the three P's. Okay. So number one is problem market fit. Number two is price market fit. And number three is proof or social proof. Okay. So uh, problem market fit, price market fit, and social proof, the three P's. So what are these? What is problem market fit to start off with? Well, the reason why I put problem market fit first is because I think this is the one thing that, that gets the most overlooked. You may have heard the terminology before product market fit. And the idea there is that you have identified an audience in a market for your product that you've created and come up with a product. And that could be a service-based product or an actual physical product that you sell online in an online store or uh, whatever it may be in a physical brick and mortar location, even product market fit, I feel like leaves out the most important element here though, which is why I've chosen to rename it as problem market fit. So the problem market fit, it includes the idea of a product and an established product. But I, what I don't want you to miss guys, what I don't want you to overlook or forget about is that your product, whether it's a physical product or a service product is rooted in a problem. Okay. You guys have heard me say this a number of times before, but the sole purpose in having a business is to solve problems. If you're not solving problems, you don't have a business or you sure won't be in business very long. Okay. You have to be solving a problem. So as long as you've effectively identified the problem first, what problem you can solve for your target audience, your problem is going to reveal to you what your product is. So what comes first, the problem or the product, the problem comes first. And that's why I think it's most, uh, it makes the most sense to call this problem market fit. Cause you need to make sure the problem that you are solving is actually directed to the right audience and that they actually want it right? So really what it boils down to is that you have to articulate the problem that your customer is experiencing 
in a language that they would use. So if you haven't done the right amount of research in order to be able to use those words, then you're not going to have a problem market fit. So, you know, what does that what does that mean exactly? How do you how do you figure out the right language that they would use? Well, if you are selling a product or service to an audience that you can relate to, this is a lot easier. So, of course, my first recommendation is sell a product or a service to an audience you can relate to. Now, for us as law enforcement, generally that's pretty simple if you're doing something that is law enforcement related, whether you're a law enforcement instructor or you know, you're selling coffee that you're targeting to law enforcement officers and first responders, right? That's pretty generally pretty easy. So, focus first on trying to niche into an audience that you can speak their language. You can walk the walk and talk the talk. Okay? But do the research, sit down and brainstorm this. This is generally in, in our, our onboarding process with my marketing agency, StoryWeb Creative, part of what we do in the very initial phase of working with new clients is actually doing what we call an empathy map. And an empathy map essentially identifies what is the problem that the ideal customer avatar is facing. Uh, and, and we break it down into three things. What is the external problem? meaning the obvious part of the problem. So if I if I have pipes in my house that are leaking, plumbing that's leaking, well, the external problem is I have plumbing that's leaking. Okay, that's, it's just the obvious problem that the customer is facing. Okay, and then we also break it down into the internal problem. The internal problem is, well, how does that problem make them feel? And then lastly, the philosophical problem. And the philosophical problem is, well, why is it just plain wrong? They shouldn't have to be facing that problem in the first place. So we have to talk to these three forms of the problem in order to really use the language that our customer would use. Okay. The reality is here, guys, and I, I know I've, I've touched on this before, but I want to, I really want to drive it home. People aren't motivated to buy things in response to an external problem, Right. Yeah, so I've got leaky plumbing. Right? Lots of people live with leaky plumbing. It probably means that they have a house full of mold and a bunch of other problems, but that doesn't mean people don't do it, right? The issue that motivates people is the internal problem, how it makes them feel, because people don't generally want to be in a place of discomfort. They want to move away from discomfort to a place of comfort. And so if you can speak to that internal problem and agitate it a little bit, now you've hooked that, that customer. Now they're paying attention. Okay. So what I want you guys to know here, your business will grow as the relationships you develop grow. Okay. With your customers. And what I mean by that is, is that you have to create a emotional relationship with your customers. And there's no better way to do that. There's no easier way to scale the no like, and trust factor and build that with customers, potential or current customers than to help them solve problems. If they know that you understand their problem, relationships grow and your business grows at the same rate. Okay. So what is the opposite of this? When we're talking about product market fit instead of problem market fit. Well, when people think of product market fit, usually what they end up doing is talking about features. 
all of your marketing ends up being about features. Everything you talk about, about your business on social media, face to face with people that you may, that you may meet in your emails, other marketing materials, you end up focusing on features, which if you look around, you'll see is a pretty common thing amongst most business owners. Okay. So if this is, if this is happening to you currently, it's not something I want you to feel ashamed about or feel like, oh man, I've really goofed this up and I have no business being a business owner. No, the reality is, is most people do this. Okay. But what I want to do is I want to, I want to redirect your attention here onto the right path. And that is to look at instead of features, I want you to talk about the problems because when you talk about features, here's what happens. As soon as you start talking about the features of your product or service, people immediately start thinking to themselves, oh, I wonder if it has this feature. And if you don't mention that, now you have unintentionally put their focus on what you lack, okay? Rather than the problem you solve. Focus on the problem you solve rather than giving them the opportunity to think about what you are lacking, what features you are lacking, okay? So, you know, you might be asking, you know, in response to this, well, how, how exactly then do I, uh, how do I use this? How do I use the problem in my marketing? How do I put out a promotional concept? How do I put out a Facebook ad? How do I put out material that quickly, succinctly identifies the problem and and gets them motivated to actually take action on it. I like to use a little formula and that is X to Y by when plus a risk reversal. Okay. And so that might mean if I, let's say I'm a, a defensive tactics instructor. Okay. And I, I know that I want the uh, people that I'm teaching to feel more confident in their ability to address any situation that comes their way and feel like they have the physical confidence to respond to it, overcome that challenge and be able to, to reverse it in their favor. Then the way I might put this into my marketing is say, you will have more confidence in your, in your ground fighting skills by the end of the course, or your, you get your money back. So that is X to Y. So X being, where are they now? Why being, where do they want to be by when plus a risk reversal, the risk reversal being you only get your money back. So more confidence in your ground fighting skills by the end of this course, or you get your money back, right? That's going to catch people's attention right away. Okay. So that's problem market fit. So that was number one. You need to have problem market fit. Number two is price market fit. Now price market fit is it's kind of an interesting phenomenon here, actually, because what I have found in my own experience uh, with my business and then also coaching lots of other uh, copreneurs and, and other clients in their businesses is that people have to pay to pay attention. Okay. And, and the interesting phenomenon there is that your pricing needs to be set as such that there is enough stake in it for them and enough risk that they are fully motivated to actually not just invest their money, but now you want them to invest their energy, their effort, their, their time into actually accomplishing what you have set out for them in the use of your product or service. 
Okay. If you are not priced appropriately and you're pricing yourself too cheap, which by the way, nobody ever wins in a race to the bottom guys. I see this all too often where guys are like, Oh, well, I'm not, I'm not closing enough deals and I'm not selling enough. So I, I just need to lower my price. No, no. I know that that's the first reaction you might have. However, what I want you to do first is, is have a bit of a paradigm shift here in your mind that when you find yourself, if you ever find yourself in the situation where you're going, Hmm, I'm not selling enough of, of these widgets here. Uh, what, what's going on? Uh, maybe I need to lower my price. No, the immediate reaction should be that your price market fit isn't correct. Something in the way that you're delivering your messaging isn't correct. You're not appropriately or properly agitating the problem. Like we just previously talked about. Okay. So Make sure your pricing is enough that it's a little bit uncomfortable for people. It has to be uncomfortable, okay? Because discomfort in your pricing means that people are going to expect something out of it. And if they are going to expect something out of it, they are going to put in the energy and effort that they need to in order to actually get the advantage out of it. It really doesn't matter whether you're selling a thing or you're selling a concept, right? So uh, you're se- if you're selling uh, a product or you're selling a service, okay? Either way, in order to achieve the outcome that's desired, there has to be input by the customer. They have to use the thing, right? They have to actually use it or they have to learn how to use it correct way in order to get the result that they want. If I buy an espresso machine, but I don't ever actually learn how to use it properly. And I just, you know, rip it out of the box, plug it in, flip it on and start using it. I might get a good espresso out of it. I might not. And if I don't, now I'm going to be disappointed with the product. I'm going to think that there was something wrong with it. And if I only spent $30 on it, I'm a lot less likely to take the time and energy to actually figure it out, right? Whereas if I spent $300 on this espresso maker, like by golly, I'm going to get some good espresso out of this. Because if I don't get some good espresso out of this, then I'm not going to be happy. And therefore, I am going to put in all the energy and effort that I need to in order to make sure I know how to use this espresso maker. I'm going to get the book out. I'm going to look through the book and the instructions. I'm going to look at the right temperatures to set everything at. I'm going to maybe watch some videos. You get my point here, okay? People have to pay in order to pay attention. So... Make sure you are pricing yourself in a way that encourages that. Okay. That's price market fit. Number three is social proof. And this is huge, guys. I'm going to spend more time talking about this than I did about price market fit. Price market fit is pretty straightforward. And there's there's uh, one thing I want to follow up on to price market fit, but it actually is kind of a follow-up to all three of these things. There's there's a connection. So I'm going to wait until I've covered all three of these to come back to that. But in case you felt like price market fit was a little short, I'm going to hit on one more thing. Okay. So social proof. Well, what is social proof? Social proof is something that indicates that other people have put something at stake in order to try your product or service. They've taken the risk. They've paid the money. They've put the time and energy into it and have come out on top 
right? It's something that makes you look more credible, more valuable, and more authoritative. So social proof might be reviews and testimonials, which by the way, soapbox here, there is a difference between reviews and testimonials, which I'll touch on here in a minute, but it could be reviews. It could be testimonials. Uh, it could be, you know, just uh, logos of businesses you worked with, or it could be articles you've published on uh, reputable, reputable websites. It could be podcasts that you've appeared on, right? All of those things demonstrate social proof. It means that somebody else finds you to be credible and authoritative and therefore you should too, right? That's what social proof is. Okay. So real quick, because I brought it up, the difference between a review and a testimonial reviews are the, the type of thing you generate from Google, uh, you know, Google, my business reviews or Facebook reviews, or, you know, even a review on the better business bureau or, you know, other things that are more industry specific, like Zillow and Redfin, right? Those are for realtors. Those are reviews. So where somebody leaves generally of their own accord, a rating for you along with a very short commentary, that is a review. A testimonial is a lot more in depth. And in my opinion, should include video, should include somebody giving a video testimonial explaining about their experience. It goes more in depth to talk about the problem that they were facing, the solution that you gave them and the success that they achieved afterwards. Okay. So there is a very distinct difference in my opinion between reviews and testimonials. So let me talk a little bit here about why social proof is so important. And I'm going to throw out some, some statistics here for you. So just kind of hold on and buckle up and listen to these, because I'm just going to ramble them off and bullet points here. But I think by hearing them all at once, that that's actually part of what makes it really stand out. Why social proof is so important. 87% of buying decisions begin with research conducted online before the purchase is made. The average consumer reads 10 online reviews before making a purchase decision. 88% of consumers trust user reviews as much as personal recommendations. 92% of people will trust a recommendation from a peer. And 70% of people will trust a recommendation from someone they don't even know. Okay. So when you hear those things, it makes it pretty obvious why social proof is so important. People place way more emphasis on social proof that you have injected into your marketing material than they do on anything else that you give them. Anything, literally, you can spend all the time in the world and all the, all the money putting together the right words and marketing messages. And I'm not saying that that's not invaluable and you shouldn't invest in those things. But you can spend all that time and money on putting those things together and, and people are still going to give more weight to what other people say about you and whether they think you're even worth it. Okay. Now I know exactly what some of you guys are thinking right now that are listening to this, because if you have a business that is public facing, uh, so you're selling a product or a service to, uh, the general community at large this obviously resonates with you and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know I need to do, I need to get more reviews and more testimonials. I need to generate more social proof. But if you are a law enforcement instructor specifically, or you're selling a product or service to law enforcement, you're probably sitting here going, yeah, that works for everybody else and not for my business. Wrong. 
wrong. Let me tell you exactly why. Because I have seen this actually in a lot of the other clients that we work with um, that take this position and I've proven them wrong time and time again, where I say, you know what, let's try it. Let's see what happens here. Because I think that this used to be the case, right? Where you could look at you know, that sort of a, you're, you're targeting a very niche audience and, and, and trying to sell product or service, you know, maybe you're selling training, defensive tactics, instructor training or whatever to uh, law enforcement. You might say, well, you know, they're not doing a Google search. They're not looking at Google reviews. Um, it's all word of mouth and, you know, direct contact with the right people, whether that's the training, you know, sergeant at the, at the uh, agency or, you know, talking to leadership within the agency uh, or, or marketing to the officers themselves that are paying out of pocket for this sort of thing or asking their agency to reimburse them. Okay, well, I'm not going to refute any of those things. But what I want to tell you is that we're seeing an interesting phenomenon here in the marketing world where people on a consumer level have become so used to looking at these resources for their social proof. They're so used to looking at Google. They're so used to looking at Facebook and saying, well, what are other people saying that we are seeing that they're actually doing this in the law enforcement world as well. Okay. So if you are not, and this is a whole other topic for a whole nother day, heck, I might even do a separate episode on the specifics of uh, how to use Google, my business to your advantage. But if you do not have a Google My Business page for your business, you are missing out. You are losing opportunity to generate social proof. Okay. So, you know, go sign up for Google My Business page today and get that done. One of the things I'll touch on real quick, because you might be, you might be stuck here on this and I don't want to leave you stuck. However, I will cover this more in depth in a later episode. You might say, all right, well, I've looked into setting up a Google My Business page before and you know, you have to be a brick and mortar store. Uh, you need to have a business address. And I don't have a business address. I just run my business out of my home because you know, I'm just traveling to places or I'm doing consulting work online or whatever it may be. Okay, little pro tip here. There are co-working spaces everywhere in every major city anymore. Go find a co-working space that's near your area where you live. Most of them offer the opportunity where you can use their business address as your business address. And they'll even give you a suite number. Okay. And then you're able to register your Google My Business page and have that little postcard for the verification on your Google My Business page sent to that co-working space. And then they'll email that to you or call you and tell you, hey, this came for you in the mail today. Here's the code on it. And then you can register your Google My Business page that way. Now, be careful if you don't actually, I don't want to get you in trouble here with Google. If you don't actually see customers at that location, don't register that location as an actual brick and mortar location. That will get you in trouble. Okay. You register your Google My Business page as a service area business, but you can register that this is my business address. I don't see people here. I, I travel and I'm a service area business. It's not a brick and mortar location, but this is my business address. That will allow you to register a Google My Business page without getting you in trouble with Google. Okay. So Social proof is really important, guys. Um, and, and really what stands out to me, these last two stats that I read, 
92% of people will trust a recommendation from a peer and 70% of people will trust a recommendation from someone they don't even know. That is hugely powerful. But what I want to impress upon you, if you are this, this particular audience that I was just talking to, that is a law enforcement instructor, has a law enforcement instructor business, everybody you're marketing to are your peers, right? There are other fellow law enforcement. We know that as, as many cops as there are in this country, it's still a tight knit community. It's still a small community. And I consider every cop in this country, even if I've never met them before, and heck, if I've never stepped foot in the state that their agency is in, I still consider them brothers and sisters in blue. I still consider them peers and I trust their opinion and advice. So literally every person that you are marketing to, if you're that law enforcement instructor, business owner is a peer and 92% of them are going to trust the recommendation of their fellow peers that leave you reviews on your Google, my business page. Right. And if you're, if you're a smart business owner, you're going to make it even easier on these people because you're not just going to, you know, generate these reviews for your Google, my business page and leave them there. You're going to use a tool that can bring those reviews into your website and display those reviews on your website so that people see that you've been curating that social proof. Okay. All right. So here's the final thing I want to leave you with guys. You need a feedback loop. Okay. And this is the, this is the overall concept that transcends all three of these things that I covered in the three P's problem market fit, price market fit, and social proof. Um, you need a feedback loop. You need to have the awareness of if what you're doing is working, right? If, if your problem that you're trying to market to is actually a problem people want solved and that you're speaking to them in the right way. If you also need the awareness of if, do you have the right price market fit? Are you, are you priced appropriately? Are you too expensive? Are you too cheap? You also need the awareness of whether or not you're generating the right type of social proof for your particular audience. You need to have a source of ruthless feedback. And there's a lot of resources out there for that. You know, one of the, one of the resources that I'm learning to really enjoy as a feedback loop actually is running Facebook and LinkedIn ads, because if you're putting money into Facebook and LinkedIn ads and they're not working, then there's an obvious issue there. You're getting, you're getting feedback. You're getting feedback that something is amiss. Okay. And either you have not articulated your offer correctly, you're not using the right imagery, you know, it can be any number of things, but you're getting a feedback loop in that way. I also, of course, want you to consider LEO to CEO. The LEO to CEO community is part of your feedback loop. Okay. The LEO to CEO community is a group of copreneurs. It's a private community, not on Facebook. It's on our own platform where uh, you can share your challenges and wins with each other. We're all pitching in to help each other out, give each other feedback. Good, solid, like we're, we're not going to just put a bunch of fluff on it feedback, right? Like we want to be honest with each other where you can get good feedback and we do workshops on a monthly basis. I want you to consider the LEO to CEO community. It is, or has been up to this point, a paid community, a, a private paid community. I do want to tell you guys that coming up soon in the coming weeks. So keep looking, there is going to be a new free tier of the LEO to CEO community coming out, or you can join the community and get access to our workshops and some of the community space for free. So that's coming up soon. 
Now, the, the you get a lot more with the premium membership, including access to replays and lots of more community spaces and resources and uh, swipe files and things like that and, and uh, masterminds. But there is a free tier that is going to be coming up soon. So please do check that out. But you know what, guys? The, the other thing that I need you guys to recognize is that none of this stuff, none of it is overnight wins, okay? None of it is overnight wins and you need incremental improvement. And in order to see incremental improvement, you need to execute on the things that we've covered. You need to actually, you just need to start with imperfect action. Imperfect action beats perfectionism every time. Just start chipping away at the things that you need to accomplish. So if, if you listen to this today and you're like, man, I don't have the right problem market fit, then I want you to consider thinking about you know, how, how to, how to target to the problem. Ask your audience. If you have an, if you have an email list of existing, uh, and past customers, email them, say, what is the biggest problem that you face related to blank blank being whatever it is that the thing that you offer, right? Uh, what is the biggest problem that you face related to gaining confidence in defensive tactics? I, I don't know. I'm just shooting from the hip here. Okay. So consider doing those, those exercises. Of course, I, again, I also want you to consider the LEO to CEO community where we can help you think through those, some of those things. Number two is price market fit. Okay. And I, I want you to know that, you know, again, incremental improvements here. If, if you don't have the right pr price market fit, start seeking feedback, asking people, uh, you know, what, what is your, your initial reaction to my pricing? If you are closing more than 20%. If you're like a proposal-based business and you're closing more than 20% of your proposals, then your price is probably too low. You should be getting rejected 20% of the time if your pricing is correct. Okay. So incremental, again, we're taking incremental improvements here. Social proof. If, if you are taking incremental steps here and you're looking at it and saying, okay, I need I need to take an incremental step towards gaining more social proof for my business. Obviously, like I said, consider signing up for uh, a Google My Business page. If you already have that and you're like, man, I'm struggling to get the reviews I need because I forget to follow up with people uh, or I'm just not asking at the right time. I really want you to go take a look at another another venture of mine, another company of mine, Breacher CRM. That's breachercrm.com, B-R-E-A-C-H-E-R-C-R-M.com. Go check that out. Our software, we designed it for law enforcement instructors, but it puts everything in your business on automation. More than I have time to talk about right now, including the review process. Our software will actually, to set it and forget it, you can set it up so that at the exact right phase in your customer journey, it will reach out to them, ask them for a review and send them the right material, the right links to be able to do that all at the right time in the right way. And, and it gives you again, a feedback loop to make sure that you are getting feedback from your customers on what the experience is actually like. Okay. So that's it for today, guys. Thank you for sticking around through the end of the show for the three necessary things for any successful business. Obviously there's always more to come and Hey, I just want to leave you with one last request before the end roll comes in here. And that is that if you 
think you would be a good fit to be a guest on the show. So maybe you are a copreneur yourself and are willing to come on and share a little bit about lessons learned in your own copreneurial journey. I would love it if you would reach out to me and, and let me know that you're interested in being on the show. Or if you have a great idea for somebody that should be on the show, whether that's another fellow copreneur that has a really awesome story, or it's somebody who's an expert in business and marketing that can come on and share their expertise with all of you, please reach out to me at adam at leo2ceo.com. So that's adam at leo, the number two, ceo.com. And let me know that you're interested in being on the show or that you have a recommendation for the show. Always looking for good guests. All right, that's it for today. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leo2ceo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other copreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast and search this episode number and you'll find all the links, descriptions and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.